Blog Talk Radio. Commissioner T here, Super Bowl 49, complete in the books. And, you know, it's funny because if you turn on NFL Network right now, Super Bowl 49 is about to begin. I'm looking at Marshawn Lynch grabbing a few Skittles. (laughs) You know, they showed it just before kickoff. So, you know, you can listen to the Madden Voice live as we talk about the very game that they are now replaying on NFL Network. And I got to admit, controversy aside, second guessing and all the stuff we're going to talk about aside, what a heck of a game. What a game. I mean, if you look back a year ago and you think of the demolishing, the whooping that Seattle put on on Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos, and this year a much more competitive battle, um, which literally came down to the end of the game. I mean, it's really um, loyalties aside, it's the kind of game you want. It's exactly the kind of Super Bowl you want. Um, so no complaints as far as the quality. And I guess the American public uh, felt the same way, um, 114 million households and um, the most watched television show in the history of television shows. So that just goes to show you if you give the people a good product, to watch with everything the NFL went through this year. If you give them a good product, they're going to watch it. People are going to watch it. Um, so, you know, hats off to the NFL for putting together um, a really a great, great game and a great show. Um, I thought, you know, I didn't watch the halftime show, but um, I just thought they did a great job with it. So, um, but obviously there's a lot to talk about. Uh, you know, it, it, some of the storylines, obviously the first one is, the call, or, or or was it a call, uh, the, the, the decision to throw on the half-yard line or one-yard line? Going to talk about that. Um, I've got a few interesting takes on that that I'll share shortly. Um, Patriots win again. You know, and there's a lot of talk now. Is Brady the best QB of all time? I really want to get into that. Um, and, of course, where does this mean for his legacy, Bill Belichick's legacy? Um, and if you saw the night before, I thought the NFL did a great job with the NFL honors, and I'd like to talk a little bit about that. And what, So what I decided before I bring on the co-host is tonight will not be the season-ending show. Next week will be the season-ending show. Um, I just think there's too much Super Bowl to talk about to end the show just like that. 
Um, and there's a lot of things going on in the NFL that we need to talk about before we wrap up this 2015 season. New coaches, you know, JB gave an update um, a couple weeks ago about coaching changes. We've had more since then. So there's a lot we really need to do to tie up the, this, the season. So tonight will not be, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that all the fans in the Madden Voice are happy to hear, tonight will not be the last show of the season. We'll do at least one more show um, to discuss this season because there really is a lot left to discuss. But tonight we're going to talk Super Bowl. Tonight we're really going to focus on the Super Bowl, and we're going to talk about the NFL Honors, the, the awards show that came on the night before. And did they get it right? Were those awards given to the right people? So I don't do this alone. I have three co-hosts, three very, very fine co-hosts. Um, this first guy was the first EAFL Super Bowl champ. He is the man with the deep, deep philosophy, and that's simply because he's also the man with the Ph.D. We know him as Dr. Train, the doctor of philosophy. Dr. Train, welcome to the Madden Voice. What's up, T? I, I would hope, man, that if we've ever been in a situation where we're on the one-yard one line, man, that you hand me off the ball. <laughs> just saying, man. You know, uh, don't, don't don't throw an interception to K-Star. You know, just just hand me off the ball. <laughs> We're going to talk about that one. It's coming up. We're going to talk about that one, but absolutely, sir. This next guy, this guy's from Bristol, Connecticut. He's now living in the big ATL. Uh, Train calls him the voice of reason. I just call him my younger brother. JB, welcome to the Madden Voice. Good evening, gentlemen. Always a pleasure to be here. And, um, yes, that was a great Super Bowl. I was um, very pleased with how it went from start to finish. Yeah, great game. Great game. Last but Last but not least, the man who's got me questioning um, a lot of things about him. Found out he's got a man crush on Tom Brady. Um, we're going we're gonna to find out about that one. Um, he's, he's just got me a little concerned. The guy that's a new dad got me a little concerned, okay? But this guy's also one of the best Madden players in the world. He's known by Ali Quick. He's on Madden Nation Season 4. If you've never watched him, it's Great, great series to watch. You can see him whooping up on some people on there. He gives mad lessons out. Guy plays the game as good as anybody out there from Indianapolis, Indiana. We know him as K-Star. Welcome to the Madden Voice. What's going on? And you know what, Train? I would pass on handing it off to you anyway because the picks this year, you probably would just fumble it. So. <laughs> That, that's why. That, that's why. That's why I didn't. That's why I didn't say you, Because you, you made this our quarterback. Better. Well, let's be clear. He, he is our quarterback anyway, so that's fair. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So, you know, uh, we've been talking about uh, the game has been the game has been uh, talked about for two days, and what we really don't want to do is repeat what everyone's been talking about for two days. But, you know, there is a time and a place where you kind of can't not repeat what's been talked about for two days. Um can any let me let me try it this way. I, clearly, I'm going to assume that we are all. Is, is there anyone on this call that is in that is in agreement with Pete Carroll's decision to pass the ball in that situation? If if you are, speak now. Okay, good. So we're all in agreement that that was. <laughs> um, you know, is there anybody who understands his reasoning? Can someone? I, yes. I've heard. Who who said yes? K Star? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, of course, it's K Star. All right, K Star. Um, if you understand <laughs> reasoning, 
uh, please, please educate. I've heard it. I've heard it. I've listened to it. I'm not saying I've heard it. I just, I, don't, I still don't get it. I still don't get it. So, K-Star, why in your mind, based on what you heard, did he make this call? Well, it's not the call itself. It's a sequence of calls. Um, first of all, they should have ran, in my estimation, they should have run the ball first because basically what he's trying to say is that there's a chance in there that they want to throw a pass uh, based on the fact that there's 21 seconds left and only have one timeout. So if they ran, say if it gets one yard or less than one yard, rather, um, you know, they would call a timeout. And one of those pat, one of those two plays, if not both, they would have to throw the ball. So I understand his sequence as far as like, hey, you know, we had to pass the ball. Uh, I think it's crazy enough saying waste of play was was a little improper, but um, I understand that again the sequence they probably did call for a pass if and only if Marshawn doesn't get in on that first attempt. Um, so only on that on, on with that explanation in mind, I understand at least a little bit as far as what you're saying, as far as the sequence of calls that would you know have to follow. But um, that's literally it. Yeah, nice try. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't. I also heard him talk about the Patriots scheme and what they were playing at the goal line. And he felt, yeah, I don't that, agree with that. yeah, that and he felt that they didn't, they wouldn't have matched up well. And that running the ball wasn't the right call. I heard him say that as well. I heard him say what you said too. Um, I just, you know, it's just one of those things where now I heard a theory and I heard it from several people that, even though there's rumors that Marshawn Lynch was offered a, an extension and a huge contract, um, you know, we we all know, just like they said, you know, Rod Marinelli was going to Tampa. You can't really believe the rumors. Sometimes they're true and sometimes they're not. You just don't know. But I heard on a couple of different networks, ESPN one, and then I heard um, on another show, I don't remember which network, that this was Pete Carroll's ego, that he didn't want Marshawn Lynch at a chance at MVP, and so he took it out of Lynch's hands and wanted and would wanted Russell Wilson to win the game, and so that's why he made the call. Um, you know with what they thought would have been a touchdown, and and the funny the funny part about that is that the, if if the if you look at the pass, he actually threw the pass exactly where it needed to be. It was the right place. It's just that the, the cornerback just made an insane play on the ball. It was an insane play, but it was a perfectly thrown ball. So, but anybody, any thoughts on is this Carroll's ego trying to keep Marshawn Lynch from the MVP? No, I don't buy that. Sorry, I don't buy that. And, and all the all the things, all the decisions that need to go into that play in, in such a quick time span, that's going to be at the forefront of your mind. I think you're supposed to be concerned about winning first, and, and I don't I don't buy anybody that's going down that path. I just don't buy it. Well, then, then I just did. We have to. Then, then you know the public wants to know why. Why does this guy? And let's just be clear who this is. This is a national championship quality college coach. This is a Super Bowl winning head coach. Okay, so this is a guy who has won on every possible level. This is a guy who his players love coaching for him, you know, and are playing for him, I should say. So can we understand how at second down with arguably the toughest running back to bring down in the game, and right now with Adrian Peterson not playing, I'd say he is. I'd say even over Murray, and Murray's a beast. 
Murray's a beast, don't get me wrong. But even over DeMarco Murray, DeMarco Murray, um, Marshawn Lynch is the hardest running back in the NFL to bring down, my opinion. Why? Um, so, why not run him? How because I he's overthinking. Overthought that. Yeah, he did. Uh, the way I see it is him saying, his explanation said, well, if we got stuffed, we would have had to call our timeout. And then what do you do? My thing is, you're going to pass it. Worst case scenario, you're going to pass it on two plays anyway. Out of remaining three plays that you have, because you only have one timeout, you're going to pass it on two plays anyway. Why not give it to the guy, especially after the run he just had? They barely stopped him from getting in that end zone. It just so happened to be a guy in front of him to knock him back. I, and I thought he was going to score on that out. run. And I yeah, thought he was yeah, exactly. Score. Yeah, exactly. So if you just saw that, there is no reason not to give it back to him because they were deflating. They, they were. They would be down. They had. They 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 wouldn't have been able to stop that guy. I know we say we don't lose the game on one play, but I'd be damned. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, yeah. and and let's back up two plays. Have you seen a better catch in a Super Bowl? Wow. I mean, I mean, you know, the guy from the Steelers, K-Star will know who he is, had a great toe-tapping catch a few years ago in the Super Bowl. We all We obviously know about David Tyree's off the top of his helmet catch a few years ago. But is there a better catch ever made in the Super Bowl than what was made two plays prior? You know, and I got to tell you, the Super Bowl gods give us and the Super Bowl gods take it away. You know, or the NFL gods give us and the NFL gods take it away. You know, because we, we've seen uh, – uh, some stuff in the playoffs that have you wondering who should have really been in this Super Bowl, right? You know, and and so you get a break against Green Bay, but then you come in here against uh, New England, and yeah, well, let me rephrase it: you get a break on that catch, but then you go and you throw an interception. You know, it, it just it just it always evens out. It always evens out. Um, I don't get it. And I don't know if you guys, when they lined up in shotgun, I said, why are they in shotgun? What are they doing here? Why are they in shotgun? Unless you're going to run a draw play, which I completely don't agree with at the one-yard line, um, why are you in shotgun? I, it just, it just, it's, 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 it's just it's mind-boggling. Do, do any of you think that this is something that the team, the coach, the fan base will ever get over? No. That's what you no, mean. Not, not, no. not in this. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say no way in the world. There's no way in hell they're going to get over this one. It's not going to be an easy build to digest. Not when you're one yard away from being a back-to-back Super Bowl champ. And now you've got talk of legacy. You've got a quarterback in his third season now winning two Super Bowl titles. No. Yeah. To be one yard away, uh-uh. No. There's no way to get over this one. It's going to sting for a long time. Yeah. Mm. Uh, they, have yeah. To, they have to pretty much get back to the same point. 
yeah. to even get over it. Yeah. yeah. And even then, they should be like, well, we should have won three instead of two. <laughs> yep. Yeah. There's always going to be the asterisk by this one. There's always going to be yeah. an asterisk. Yeah. Well, you know, and there's another thing I want to bring up that I haven't heard, and, you know, this is what we do on the Madden Voice. And, by the way, anyone wants to call in, 347-838-9525, 347-838-9525. The other thing I want to bring up that I have not heard brought up, which is really surprising to me that no one on any sports show has brought this up. So you have the interception. New England has the ball. They're at the half-a-yard line. They line up. They line up in the victory formation. Brady, normally when you line up in the victory formation, you take a knee. Except they're at the one-yard line, which means Brady is in the end zone. They're not going to hand it off. They're not going to take a knee because that's a safety. So Brady's going to sneak this one. There's no doubt that is the only play that he can do at this point because there's no wide receivers, there's no running backs because they're lined up right behind Brady, the victory formation. He can't need a ball because that would be a safety. So he's going to sneak it. So they line up, and what do they do? They go offsides because they were never going to run a play. They wanted to see if they could draw them off the sides and get five yards and then kneel it and the game's over. So the only play they had was a sneak. So you're in a situation where you have one timeout. There's about 30 seconds left to go in the game. They're at the half-yard line. If you stop them, if you're able to stop them, you get two points and the ball. And they've got to punt it, free kick it from the 20. So you've got, and you got a timeout, you might get a play or two. And all you need is a field goal now. I mean, I'm wondering, I'm watching the game, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm watching, I'm, 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 this is visual. I'm looking at this. I'm like, why are they, and, what's, and Michael Bennett, what is he doing? Just like his freaking brother. Can be great on one level, then do something stupid on the other level. I'm like, what are you doing? I see him edging, edging. The next thing you know, he jumps off sides. Five yards, and now it's over. Now, now, if you had a sliver of hope to maybe get a safety out of this, I mean, stranger things have happened. You know, mm-hmm. I was watching the game where Pasarchik fumbled and Herman Edwards picks it up. Giants, Eagles, and Herman Edwards picks up the fumble when Pasarchik was just they, he should have needed it, but they did one last handoff. Game was over, and instead of needing it, they do a handoff. Fumbles the ball. Herman Edwards picks it up, and runs into the end zone, scores, and they win. So things happen in the NFL, and they needed, you know, you had an opportunity, slim, but you had a shot, and you go off sides? Are you kidding me? I don't know. There's one word for that, There's one word for that. Coaching. Well, discipline. (laughs) Maybe he quit back to coaching, but really it's discipline. Because just like you said, and I was watching that too, and I was thinking the exact same thing. They're in, they're in the, the, the victory formation. He can't go anywhere. He's definitely not going to throw the ball. All he can do is go sneak either uh, either side, either A gap. That's all he can do. And when they went off sides, I'm like, well, you just lost your chance. You have absolutely blown it. But when you press, because you know you've got to make a play, because the ball's been turned over, and you know you don't have a swim chance. This is what happens. And it's got either you know, 
or lack of discipline that kicks in. I wonder, is it more coaching? Because I wonder, did the coaches let the, have the, let the defense recognize you still have a chance? This is they what should you have. do. Well, but that's, yourself. But that's and my I point. if they did that. Right. And, right. and that's my point is if they didn't, shame on them. You know, they yeah. should have said, okay, no offsides. You know, I mean, the headphone, the headsets are on for fifth, um, um, down to 15 seconds. Once the play clock is down to 15, they cut off the headset. Middle linebacker, which is Wagner, or whoever the captain is, whoever the quarterback is, which is usually middle linebacker, can communicate with the defensive coordinator up to 15 seconds. So that's his opportunity to say, make sure everybody is in their gaps, no offsides, but as soon as the ball snipe, jam the middle – because he's probably going to try to sneak it. There's a you know got a slim chance of getting a, a, a safety here. You know, mm-hmm. I mean these are this is what you, this is what coaching. This is why I always say, head coach, quarterback. When I'm not sure who to pick, head coach, quarterback. And never have I been more right than in this game, because <laughs> the head coach <laughs> and the quarterback is what dictated the winning of this game. Not to say that this guy, you know, not for nothing, but this guy, this is this is this is the modern day Larry Brown. <laughs> this 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 dude, this dude, I I saw he just made me sick. He just made me sick. You know, get, get some PR classes, guy. Hey, I know he's a rookie. I know he's a rookie, but this this is a guy who this time next year we won't even know his name. This is his claim to fame. Trust me, he, he, this is like Larry Brown had two picks against the Steelers. I'm sure K-Star will remember that. And got a big contract and went to Oakland, and we never heard from him again. So, yep. this is, this, yeah. Yeah, yep, yep. But, um, so the Patriots win, um, or Seattle lost, depending on your perspective of things. And that makes Tom Brady 4-2 and two in Super Bowls. And the big talk for two days has been, is Brady now the best quarterback of all time? That's been the talk now. Uh, has he now surpassed Joe Montana? And uh, I recently discovered that our co-host K-Star has a huge man crush. He's putting all these model pictures of Brady and wife beaters on his Facebook page. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, just, I just, I mean, put a picture of him in his, in his shoulder pads and helmet, man. I, you know, he, I was like, damn, K-Star, woo. Um, but um, K Star, you know, you had some very complimentary things to say about Tom Brady. Uh, the, uh, do you think he has surpassed Joe Montana? Would you call him the best quarterback ever to play this game at this point? Yes, yes, I would. And actually, I remember this discussion we had over a year ago where we where we each uh, laid out our top five quarterbacks. I think you and I both had Brady at the top of the mountain, if not number two behind Montana, but uh, you I can had, slide him at the I top. Def- I definitely had him number two behind Montana, but I also okay. had um, I also had Roger Staubach in there. And but anyway, right. but yeah, I had Montana number one. Yeah, uh, I think you go ahead and slide him up at number one. Um, you know, correct. I mean, Joe Montana played in four Super Bowls and one on four. You know, but he didn't get to six, and they both played. Uh, have had long careers. You know, Montana at this point has played one year more than Brady, but, you know, regular season record, uh, Brady 159-47, to superior to Montana's 117-49, to superior postseason overall record, 
Um, statistics, although, you know, different eras, I'm not going to go too in-depth in that, but just uh, he won more, Brady has to this point. And when you consider the lack of weapons around him in a salary cap era, I mean, it's just insane. And then I think the, the biggest thing with Brady is, especially after this performance, is the level of defense played in the Super Bowl that Brady had played like, comparatively to who Montana played, which was no defense. It's, it's absurd. You know, the Seahawks defense were just almost one of the greatest potentially of all time. We saw what they did to Peyton Manning last season. We saw what they did to Drew Brees last postseason. We saw what they did to Rodgers, to everyone. You know, this is the only defense in the league up to, up this, this season that allowed one multi-touchdown pass game, and that was to Rivers this year when he had two. And Brady had four in the Super Bowl, down 14-24, and that's just another game-winning Super Bowl drive that he has on his belt, which is four for four now as far as that goes for game winners. So, I mean, you know, they both have incredible resumes. You know, it's hard to compare eras, and but for the sake of it, I, I will say that Brady is better. Um, again, he's just one more. Is there either one of you two guys that disagree? I, I yeah. can't really argue against it. I just have a whole different mindset when it comes to crowning quarterbacks and people in any position for that matter. You do what? Say, say that again. I, I'm not with you. I just have a completely different concept when it comes to crowning folks because there's, there's a lot of dynamics play into why a team why a team actually wins the Super Bowl versus why someone is good at a certain position. Okay. Well, the question is, do you think Brady is the best of all time? Someone is the best of all time, right? <laughs> yeah, but what's your criteria for basing that? I, it doesn't matter what my criteria right now, is. People, what's your criteria, man? Winning is definitely important in the game. I won't, I won't, I don't dismiss, I don't dismiss winning. Um, but, but when you talk about winning championships, man, there's just two sides of the ball. He don't win that by himself. Uh, you don't realize that the New England, the Patriots defense shut them boys out for most of the fourth quarter and got him back the ball as soon as they could for him to move the ball downfield. That same defense, man, pretty much held those receivers on lock almost uh, uh, definitely the whole first quarter. I was amazed when they were able to complete passes. Well, but but what what I'm not understanding is the question the question really is is uh, you know, if so do did you have Brady as the best of all time before this game? No, and I didn't. Okay, so if you didn't, then did this game change your mind? And it sounded like you're saying no. No, it didn't. So in your mind, who is your best quarterback of all time? Um, you say Jim McMahon, I'm disconnecting. Don't 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 say Peyton Manning. <laughs> Remember you saying this over over a year ago. No, I mean you can say whoever you want, but who is if you had to pick? No, it's definitely not. Definitely not Jim McMahon. No, I was just being funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, wow. Um, it's 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 still a tough one for me. Um, because I've seen more of Peyton Manning than I've seen of Joe Montana. 
but I've heard a lot about Joe Montana, so it's kind of like still Joe Montana. Okay. So in other words, you don't have a best of all time. You don't know. You don't have an opinion, no, but not it's not. Really, but man. it's not Brady. But it's not Brady. Yeah. Okay. Just, I, JB. You know, I, I want to. Prior to the game, I had Montana hands down best of all time, and and the reason why is not just because he's undefeated in Super Bowl and he's got four rings. It's not because of the fact that he had the weapons that he had. He had Roger Craig, he had John Taylor, he had Jerry Rice, he had Brent Jones, he had Tom Rathman. I mean, he had weapons all over the place. The reason why I had him as as best of all time is because as a quarterback, he orchestrated the offense. I mean, he was he was literally the maestro. And you talk about who's the other side of the pillow. No, no, no. Joe gave the pillow prospect. He went up there and just did his thing. And you, you knew, especially that, that Super Bowl against the Bengals, where the uh, John Taylor slant makes it 20 to 16. Well, if I could just interrupt, I'm not sure what you're arguing right now, though. You're making valid points, except are you saying, are you saying yes, he's still the best of all time, or are you circling back around? Because I'm a little confused. Well, I'm not done yet, so let, let me finish first. All right, you well, just argument. Trying- it's hard to follow your argument because I don't know where you're going with it. Well, hang on tight, and you'll see where I'm going. The way that he conducted himself as a quarterback prior to the game, along with all the other accolades that I said, made me feel like he was the best one. Seeing this game and the and the resume that Tom Brady has, and he's been able to win four, and honestly, he could have won all six. He was real close to winning all six. But he's won four, and he really, outside of the 2007 season, he hasn't had a big-name wide receiver. He never really had a big-name running back the entire time. He's had to do a lot of this on his own with parts, complimentary parts here and there. And then when he marched down the field against the top-ranked defense this year and last year and picked them apart, I got to put him number one now. The way, the way that those, those touchdown drives, to me, cemented it. He's number one, not by a whole lot, but for me, that's what did it. Seeing him in the, in the resume that he's put together, and at age 37 with with still no name receivers, he got Gronkowski, but that's all he's really got. I, I got to give him number one now. Okay, so K Star has him number one. JB has him number one. Train doesn't have a number one, but says it's not Tom Brady. Um, I gave this a lot of thought out of respect for Tom Brady and almost fell to the salary cap reasoning, except I think it's unfair because back in Montana's day, everyone played with no salary cap. It's not like San Francisco had no salary cap and the rest of the league did. That's just how it was done back then. So everyone had the opportunity to build a super team with no salary cap. So it's not fair to use that as an excuse and say, well, you know, Montana played with a salary cap and Brady or didn't and Brady doesn't. No, anybody, it, it, it was that era. And so it's not relevant. It, that was the rule of that time. Um, so when I, when, I, when I thought that through, I'm still with Joe Montana, and I, I still think that um, you say, Jay says that Brady could have won six. K-Star says that Brady – um, was in six, and that's that's great to get to six Super Bowls. No, no quarterback has started six Super Bowls. 
But Robert Ory's got seven NBA championship rings. He's not even in the top 50 conversation. So it's great that he was he's a starting quarterback for six teams. Great accomplishment. He's got four rings now, along with Montana and Bradshaw. Great accomplishment. Joe Montana threw 11 touchdowns and no interceptions in four Super Bowls. I mean, think about that. 11 touchdowns, no interceptions in four Super Bowls. Okay? Um, Two of the Super Bowls were blowouts. Two of them, 38-16, 55-10, were blowouts. Um, I, I don't know. I'm trying to, I'd have to go back to the very first one um, to see if that one, but all the other ones uh, were, were very close games that uh, Brady uh, played in. And he lost two Super Bowls in a row to Eli Manning. In a row. Meaning the two times in a row that they went to the Super Bowl against Eli Manning, who is not Peyton Manning, but he lost. I think that's the problem I'm having. Tom Brady is a great quarterback and could change my mind with a fifth ring because now he's got five. And even with two losses, he's got five, okay? And not even I can dispute that. And that would be seven appearances. So at at that point, I can't even dispute it. But to have six appearances, four rings, along with someone who was 4-0, and oh, I mean, it's like all the comparisons to Michael Jordan, right? And they talk about LeBron. Well, LeBron already has two finals losses. Michael was 6-0 and in the finals. 6-0. and And never let the finals go to a seventh game. How can you dispute that? It's the, you know, champion, championship players escalate to another level when it's on the line. And Brady does that. I'm not saying he does it. But he's just not quite Montana yet. He's got a chance because he's going to be 38 this year. And so it's very possible that, you know, I mean, Belichick and, you know, these guys always seem to recycle and they sign the players that they need to sign and they bring in and they do what they got to do. And, you know, it's very possible these guys could be back here in the next year or two. I don't see anybody in the AFC. I don't see Denver being a threat. Uh, you saw how they dismantled the Colts. I don't see the Colts being a threat. Um, you know, maybe K-Star Steelers. I don't know. You know, K-Star will keep us posted on that. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. But is there really anybody in the AFC that they have to be worried about at this point? As opposed to Seattle and the NFC, have to be worried about Green Bay, have to be worried about Dallas have to be worried about a healthy Arizona team, have to be worried about a 49ers team with a new head coach, right? There's a lot going on in the NFC where Seattle has to be worried. In the AFC, I don't see it as much. So they might be back there again next year the year after, and then we'll see. But right now, and I think I might just have a little bit of an advantage over you guys because I did watch Joe Montana play. Like, I watched him play live, like – you know, and, and, and hated his guts. Couldn't stand the man because he was so damn good. And we and, and we, we, we had to play him. And, you know, let's also be clear. A lot of people don't talk about this. The reason that Steve Young has a Super Bowl is because Bill Walsh went with Steve Young over Joe Montana because he was looking ahead. 
And Joe Montana then took off and went to play two very good years in Kansas City. But if Steve Young, if Joe Montana had stayed in that system two more years, he, he might have, he might have, that might have been five that he had. He didn't get that opportunity in that system because Bill Walsh moved on to Steve Young. Now, obviously, Steve Young was a very good quarterback. He wasn't Joe Montana, though. He wasn't Joe Montana. And people talk about the players that Joe Montana had around him. But let me tell you something. Joe Montana made a lot of these guys. He made a lot of these guys. The only one that I will say they helped each other would be Jerry Rice. That was kind of mutual. But outside of that, don't don't get it twisted. This was this was Joe Montana really making everyone great, which is what a superstar should do, which is what Tom Brady does. I'm not saying that Tom Brady doesn't do that as well. Tom Brady does the exact same thing. I just think when you guys might say I give the edge to Brady, I'm still giving the edge to Montana. He was just, you know, you get a chance. I honestly suggest, if you can, go back and watch some of them Super Bowls, if you can, Joe Montana played. And, yeah, it was a different era, a different time period. But go back and watch. The guy was just he was just that good. I mean one of the one of the Super Bowls was what was let me look it up now. Fifty five to what was it? Fifty five to ten, right? I think it was a lot of, a lot of Super Bowls though in that era were blowouts because of the top heavy you know, salary cap or uh, lack of salary cap in the in that era. Yeah, but everyone did but no one has salary caps, so that's not fair. No one has salary it, not, it is fair because not everyone had the wealth of those franchises. Not every franchise had as much money as the others do. That's why they had to okay. go to the salary cap. Well, I, but, I, but, I, but I understand that. But, that. but every team wasn't poor either. San Francisco certainly wasn't the top grossing team in the NFL. Let's not get it twisted. No, you it's know, really, it's Dallas. Well, of course Dallas was. But, you know, but, I mean, New York and, um, you know, there were, there were several franchises that were generating more revenue than the 49ers. 49ers were not a top generating. They were, they were middle of the, of the line generating revenue back then. They just had Eddie DeBartolo and these guys knew how to spend their money, and they were smart at structuring contracts. Uh, you know, let me tell you, and that's what Dallas was good at too. But, um, but anyway, I, I would still go with Montana. I, I just – I'm not ready to to say, but the good news for Tom Brady is he hasn't retired yet. <laughs> you know, he hasn't retired. Yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, so he still has time to right now where it's you know people are still going back and forth, and some say Brady now, and some say Montana. Um, two years from now, it might be, and it may not even be close. So, what I will agree with you, K Star, I will agree with you, and I said this back when Michael Jordan was playing. And I say this, I do agree with you, is this is a special time that people better enjoy. When you have a Tom Brady, you still have Peyton Manning. I believe he'll be back, but we'll see. You have Drew Brees. You have Aaron Rodgers. And I'll even throw Tony Romo in there, Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, there is a a Andrew Luck, you know. There is a crop of quarterbacks all playing at this time. It's special. It's special if you like good quarterback play. I don't know the last time that I've seen where you can look at eight, nine, ten quarterbacks and at any given time say that any of these guys could be the top three or four quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, I, I yeah. don't know. I don't know a time that I can remember where that's been the case. So Yeah, yeah. Russell Wilson on there, too. He's, he's certainly special. I'm not there yet with Russell Wilson. I, I think he will be there. Um but I'm not there yet with Russell Wilson. 
Um, but I, I do believe he can get there. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about Belichick. Um, that's the next question is, has Belichick now elevated himself to a new level? You know, it's only him and Chuck Knoll to win four Super Bowls as a head coach. Um, let me start with the Chuck Knoll master over there, the Steelers guy, K-Star. What do you think? Is Belichick, has he elevated himself now um, to the best head coach ever? Oh, man, that's tough. Um you know, I'm going to say he actually was better than Chuck Knoll, and it pains me to say it. The only reason why I do say that is because, especially for a coach, this is more of a thing. But again, I agree. Kind of get you know personnel to fit your team's strengths, which is the ever revolving door. Uh, but also the longevity of success. Not, I mean, yes, he's won four, just as Chuck Knoll has. But you know, I mean, 12 division titles in the last 13 years or so—that's insane. You know, and there was an era where, or there was a time in which, you know, uh, unfortunately when the Steelers uh, dynasty kind of dwindled down, in which, you know, they they had a lapse of time where they weren't successful. Um, but, you know, in New England, you know, we haven't seen that with, with Belichick. You know, maybe that's just tied to Brady. Who who knows? We'll see if uh, what happens with, when Brady does retire. Um, so, again, I think that's one still in question. But um, I actually think that Bill Walsh, is still the greatest coach of all time just because of his offensive mind and, you know, his scheme that he came up with with the West Coast offense and just his his football IQ just being so ridiculously high. Not that Belichick isn't, but I actually consider the Walsh as the greatest of all time. All right. Um, let me go. Let me, let me, I just realized we had a call. I think I know who this guy is. I think this is our buddy, but, uh, uh, a six one five area code. That's not Doctor Train. Welcome to the Madden Voice. Six one five five nine six. I think it's the Saint. Is this you, Saint? Yeah, that's Saint. Is it five nine six? That's him. He's probably yeah. Maybe hit the button on the Saint. Hey, I'm here. Can y'all hear me? Well, no, there you go. <laughs> yes. What's up, Saint? Man, I got a lot to talk about, but I'm cutting here right now. I did not mean to press the one button, but uh, I'm, I'm going to try to get, get up with y'all when I get done. Is that cool? That's cool. Yeah, that's fine. All right. All right, I, 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 I'll push one, and then I'll, I'll press it back when I'm ready to talk. All right. All right, awesome. Thanks. All right, nice. Um, Yeah, I need to get down there. Where is he, Tennessee? I need to get down there and get a cut. I need to trim myself. That's Shoot. good, man. He's good, too, bro. He's yeah, good. I need to get down there. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> All I'm saying, get my get my get my Learjet and just shoot on down there and surprise him. Hey man, I'm here. Hey hey, um, <laughs> Doctor Train, what are your thoughts on Belichick as the best ever? I, I don't uh, to be to be truthful with you, man. I don't have enough history to answer that question. I just don't. If you if uh, but I can I can answer it this way. He's the best quarterback of today. I mean, best head coach of today. Just the way he prepares his team, the way he's able to, um, in 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 an era where players are on their team one minute and they leave the next, he's still able to keep the Patriots competitive. And we look at that division and we just like, oh, that division is just so so. But he keeps the Patriots competitive across the entire NFL. So I can answer your question saying that he's the best head coach. Of the 
Coach Sierra today. Uh, JB, your thoughts? Yeah, you know, Dr. Train, you hit on what I was thinking, the division that he's in. That's that's why I'm a little uh, tempered with, with him being the best of all time. Kind of got to agree with, with uh, K-Star. Bill Walsh is the one that I think about first and foremost. Uh, very innovative, and that team was always competitive too. So um, I, I'm going to say Bill Walsh. Okay. Well, I'm going to be a complete homer on this one. And I'm still going to stick with Tom Landry. Um, and, you know, Bill Walsh um, it absolutely was innovative. Um, but Tom Landry, before Bill Walsh, was also very in- innovative. Um, you know, the flex defense, the shotgun formation, um, you know, the, these were things that were done in Dallas um, long before, you know, now shotgun is, is normal, but Dallas Dallas really innovated the spread offense, and that's what it was called back then. Um, the shifting and the things that Dallas did back in the 70s, the offensive linemen would stand up, and the back the, the backs which you know, either Roger would go into the shotgun or the running backs would switch positions, and they would stand up and then go back down to, to mask it. It was just, it was things like that, um, a lot of the things with the modern day draft and the war room and that kind of stuff. I mean, there's if if you really go back and look it up, there was a lot of things, that, and some of it was was Gil Brandt, but a lot of it was Tom Landry as well. And you know, twenty straight years from I want to say from '66 to '85, if I if I have it right, um, not only a winning record, but in the playoffs 20 straight years like i don't know that anybody will ever do that again ever you know so for my money it's tom landry um i think bill walsh would be a second for me for all the reasons that you guys stated um he was that doggone good as a head coach um i don't know enough about vince lombardi that was even before my time so um, there's probably a very good reason why the trophy is named after him. So, um, you know, I, I got I to gotta acquiesce there. Um, I think I think Belichick will be considered a top five, a legitimate top five, not a changing top five, um, a legitimate top five head coach of all time. But to say that he's the best of all time, there's a stronger argument to make Brady the best quarterback than there would be to Belichick and you know what without you know just call it like it is you got Spygate you know you've got Deflategate you've got the formation uh you know with the with the um the six uh, the ineligible receiver and all of that I mean there's just there's just stuff there's just stuff hang that over his head I can hang whatever over his head I want to hang over not a rule broken I can hang over his head whatever I want to hang over his head. I just think that you go play football, why do you need to be sneaky? Why do you need to find some obscure, you know, not even known rule if your team is that good? Why? Something that's not done. And now, now, oh, no one's doing this in the NFL, so we're going to do it in the playoffs. You know, I, I don't like it. I said it when it happened. I'm going to say it now. Now, obviously, people have studied it, and, you know, it, it doesn't have the same effectiveness. Um, but, you know, I didn't like and And I think 
Harbaugh said it the best, um, Baltimore Ravens coach. He said there was nothing wrong with the play because it's a legal play, but the refs didn't make the right call to inform us of it. Well, why is that? Because they weren't expecting it because <laughs> it's not something that's used. You know, and I think Belichick gambled that that would happen. I don't think that's by accident. I think he gambled on that. I don't like that. I don't like it. These are the next game, too, though. Well, okay, by then they figured it out now. You know, but the first time they did it was against the Ravens. You know, and it just rubbed me the wrong way. It's no different than when Swartz – was it Swartz? Is it Detroit? Uh, Was – when they were when they were you know the game's over and usually you guys they just kind of stand up and yet he's firing at the ball and he's like hey sixty minute game I want to play all the way through okay what he did was legal but it wasn't cool <laughs> you know and now where's Jim Swartz I think right now actually I think he's unemployed I don't think he's even on a team right now so I mean obviously Belichick's not going anywhere but I just don't like it so for all of those reasons. Um, you know, I, I I would go with Tom Landry. I just think what this guy did with with a team that had only was only six years old at the time, and turned them into the powerhouse that they were for over twenty years and five Super Bowl appearances, which at the time was, you know, um, certainly the Steelers caught up, but at the time was insane. You know, five Super Bowl appearances. I mean, it was ridiculous. So, and I mean, think about it. Um, no one has gone to the Super Bowl more than the Dallas Cowboys, and yet the Cowboys haven't been to the Super Bowl in 20 years. Well, that's because of Tom Landry and all those Super Bowls back in the in the 70s. That's because of Tom Landry. So now Cowboys ain't been to the Super Bowl in 20 years, and yet no one has still gone. And think about it, 49 Super Bowls. Cowboys haven't won since Super Bowl 30, and yet nobody has been to more Super Bowls than the Dallas Cowboys. That's Tom Landry. So. You haven't been to more. You've won more. You've been to eight. Oh, sorry. You guys nine? Is it nine? Eight. You've been to eight. We've been to eight. And Patriots, it's either seven or eight for the Patriots. Patriots have been to eight also. Okay, so it's eight. Three-way tie at eight. No one's been to more Super Bowls than the Dallas Cowboys. Patriots are at eight. The uh, Steelers are at eight. Now, the Steelers have six wins, so you want, you have one more win than us, but eight, eight and eight. So, you know. Yeah. All right. Um, so, did anybody see the show Saturday night, NFL Honors? I caught, I caught a bit of it. Yeah, I caught okay. a bit of it. A little bit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I thought it was actually neat near the end of the show when um, Tony Romo and Calvin Johnson came out together and, um, <laughs> and they were talking about the play, the play of the year, which was Odell Beckham's catch yeah. against Dallas. But I thought it was kind of neat that um, Romo, you know, was talking about, you know, catches and how some of them, you know, are catches and aren't, and, you know, guys <laughs> in New York. And, and Calvin says, uh, Tony, it's time for you to get over it. You got to let it go. And Tony's like, uh, yeah, well, it's hard to let it go. The rule is named after you, you know. So I just thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> that was that's pretty hilarious. Nice. Yeah, it, it, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Um, so let's take a look at the award winners, and if you guys have a, a, an issue with any of them, speak up. 
Um, offensive rookie of the year, Odell Beckham Jr. Any issues? Nope, I called that. Well, it did. It did. That was it, fairly it, it, obvious. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pat yourself on the back. I was. I think we all knew he was gonna win. I would have. I would have given it to um, Zach Martin, personally. Um, I, I think that Odell Beckham had an incredible year as a rookie, but the biggest, you know, <laughs> again, everyone, you know, it's almost like people are hypocrites because they don't want to give Tony Romo all the credit, although he did get a lot of credit by being a finalist for the MVP, but they want to say the biggest difference was the offensive line and Murray and all of that. And then the difference from this year's offensive line to last year's offensive line was Zach Martin, who's the first, um, offensive lineman in 40 years to make all pro as a rookie the team goes to the playoffs but they give it to Odell Beckham whose team wasn't even 500 so you know I get it you know he's the flashy player and you know and he's a great player but when you're looking at impact as a rookie offensive impact as a rookie I don't I don't to me I don't even think it's close I think this guy came in solidified offensive line that gave Murray 1845 yards got him his award and by most people's accounts, made Romo's job easier. I never said that, but that's what a lot of people are saying. So all of these benefits from this guy, but then you give it to Odell Beckham, who whose team didn't even make the playoffs, didn't even win the division, didn't even get to 500, and was swept, was beaten twice by the Cowboys. I, I don't see it. But you know, since since we're on that topic, T, let me ask you this, because you just made me think of something. If Zach Martin played left tackle, do you think it would have been a different story? Uh, no, I don't think I don't think any I don't think there would be any position on the offensive line that they would have recognized over a wide receiver of Beckham's. I mean, Beckham is his his abilities are rare. And I think they they view him as the heir apparent. He's the next guy. He's the next face of the NFL. You know, the NFL goes through phases, and um, the NFL is a big marketing machine. You're not going to ever get anywhere marketing linemen, offensive linemen. Not going to happen. Think about it. When has it ever happened? Never. But you've had wide receivers, quarterbacks, running backs, defensive players, right? J.J. Watt goes in and get his sack. Linebackers, Lawrence Taylor, cornerbacks, safeties. Offensive linemen are the most unappreciated position. It's not a glamour position. So I don't think any offensive lineman would ever, no matter matter what they did, I don't think it would ever happen. My opinion. Was it more or was that your only question? No, that was my question just because everybody knows left tackle, if you're a right-hand quarterback, that's your blind side. That's what a lot of people feel is the most important position on the offensive line. That's why I threw it out there. That's all. Yeah, yeah, no. Because, I mean, Tyron Smith was was a, you know, uh, Pro Bowl left tackle in his rookie year. And, um, you know, there was, there, was, there was no discussion on him being – I don't know who got rookie of the year that year, but no. Right. Nah. Well, I mean, that's because the, the offensive line still wasn't put together the way it is right now. So that's yeah. But he made, well, but he made a Pro Bowl. I'm just saying. I mean, it wasn't even a discussion. It's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. I agree with T. Actually, about this up before. I feel like there's an offensive uh, rookie MVP type of thing, and maybe then someone like you know Martin would get would get the nod there because of his impact to the team's uh, overall success. You know, and 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 really when. When you measure, and I think we talked about this earlier, when you talk about an award like Rookie of the Year, what exactly does that mean? Because 
if you're just looking at individual stats and accolades, okay, well, it's hard to go against Beckham then. Um, but if you're not looking at impact on the team and on the team's success, then I don't understand why I even give out the award. That's, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I could be wrong, but I don't get it. I, I don't get it. Um, so that's because it is a pure stat award. That's exactly well, obviously, it. obviously, yeah. obviously, because I think that's the only reason he won it is, you know, and, and then it becomes unfair because, you know, what someone else would have to do to win that award that isn't in a productive offensive position like that is, is insane. You know, like a lineman, like a tight end, not measurable. Yeah. You know, and and don't get it twisted. If Percy, if Percy, Percy, if um, not Percy, um, Cruz, what's his name? Cruz, Victor. Yeah, if Victor Cruz doesn't get hurt and is on that team this year, does Odell Beckham still become Rookie of the Year? And I, we'll never know. But Cruz was that's their number one receiver. So, I think that's why I like Kelvin Benjamin, just because his impact to me is bigger. I mean, yeah, the Benjamin's not better than Carolina was in a they were in a sucky division, and true enough, it was a losing record that got got them in. But still, his impact to me was bigger on that team. Not a bad, not a bad argument. Not a bad argument. All right. Um, Let's see, Offensive Rookie of the Year, um, Offensive Player of the Year, given to DeMarco Murray. Any issue with that? Nope. Yeah, I think it's a good call. I, I don't, I don't, I don't have an issue with that um, at all. I, I almost, I almost wish, just as a thought. Um, it wouldn't have. It, I would rather Tony Romo be in the MVP discussion, and I was glad that he was a finalist for that. But he would have also been a good selection for Offensive Player of the Year. But because his stats weren't gaudy, God, they're just showing. I'm sorry. They're showing the. They're showing the Super Bowl, and they're showing Lynch's touchdown, his his uh, first touchdown where he ran it in, and it just it just mm-hmm. solidifies so much more why they should have ran the ball. I mean, the guy's just, they're at the three-yard line. And uh, one, two, I mean, yeah. Ah, God, look at, look at him. I just got to watch this again. Bam, to the left. Bam, one, two, and, and then he just dives <laughs> and he's in. It's just sickening. It's just sickening. Okay, we're all pretty good with Murray. Um, uh, Coach of the year, Bruce Arians. No dispute for me. I was yeah, surprised. I and I just, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I, I wasn't surprised by it, but I didn't like it. I, I was going to say, I know we when we discussed it the prior week, uh, a couple of weeks back, you know, I chose Bruce Aarons, and um, my, my my thinking and choosing him was, um, um, you know, what he did with what he with what he had with players constantly getting injured on both sides of the ball, um, but normally when you look at coach of the year, you definitely look at a coach who's had who's take who has taken the team the farthest 
from the year before. And so after listening to your argument, you know, a couple weeks back on on um, Jason Garrett, I mean, it would have actually made sense for him to get Coach of the Year. Thank you. I, I, I you know, of all of the awards, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get this one. I truly don't. How can everybody give this guy so much credit because he went through three or four quarterbacks? Okay, well, guess what? It impacted his team that he went through three or four quarterbacks. I mean, this 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 team lost four out of their last six because they went through all of their quarterbacks. This team went from being almost a lock at a number one seed to getting in as a wild card because he went through four quarterbacks. This team went from ten and six, didn't make the playoffs, to eleven and five on a wild card. I don't get it. How is he coach of the year? Because he went through again a number of quarterbacks and they still finished eleven and five. I mean he lost Carson Palmer week what six? So, I mean he was doing his thing, he was staying there winning games, but when they got to Lindley, it was just game over. They lost uh, four of their last six because they went through all these quarterbacks. They didn't do anything exciting because they lost. It's not like they still finished thirteen and three and had the first seed. Then you got my attention. Now I'm I'm with you now. But they fell. no. But you know they were doing. They were still doing well when they had Stanton in there when they lost Palmer. But again, it was just too much to overcome when Stanton then went down too. What did you just say? It was too much to overcome. So how is he? He you your coach of the year because you overcame it. They finished eleven and five. T. It's like he finished you know nine and seven or anything. He was but ten and six last thing, year. My, my thing is not so much as him finished eleven and five. Okay, so when you look at Jason Garrett. Do you think he did a better job? I mean, answer, I don't know. It's not really. No, okay, then that's then that's where you stand. When I look at Jason Garrett and I see what he what he what he did with the Cowboys from the year before, it's a better it, job. It, 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 yeah, but it's not it's not most improved coach of the year. It's just coach of the year. Okay, it's coach so of the look, year. Look, but but the coach, coach of the year is based, it is based on what cool. you've done, what the it, team was when you. Yeah, absolutely. It, it really is. And, 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 and there's a reason why Jason Garrett was in the discussion, because nobody expected the Cowboys to be what they came up. So that's why he was nominated for the award. So, yes, it does matter. This team was 8-8 eight and eight last year, the worst defense in the history of the Dallas Cowboys, and one of the worst defenses in the history of the NFL. And nobody picked him to go more than 8-8 eight and eight again this year. Nobody except me. Nobody did. Okay, and, and lose some of the best defensive players too. Right. I mean, he deserves to be Jason Garrett deserves to be in contention to be wrong. I just think it's some huge oversight that you know Bruce Arians won the award because he still did a fantastic job given the. I just don't understand how I don't understand the term "fantastic job" when you lost four out of your last six and went from heading towards a number one seed to getting a number I believe weren't they what, five seed, six seed, where did they five. end up? Five seed. So we're heading towards a one seed, and down the last month and a half of the season, you lost four out of your last six games, went to a five seed, one and done in the playoffs. And they're saying, no. well, because this team was injury ravaged. Well, injury. Everybody, everybody has to deal with injuries. It, it, right, right. But he lost everyone early, as, and then he lost Stanton, which was just at that point, you're right, too much. But I mean, they were what ten and two or nine and. 
two. Like they were one of the, the top team for a majority of the season up until that point. Even when right. they lost uh, Campbell, making- even when they no, no, no so- right. I'm just saying, but eventually it just comes to the point where you, when you lose your third string quarterback, like yeah, the cookies are going to fall. The, the trouble's going to so fall. Right, so then, so right, so he lost too much. He couldn't overcome. They fell down the stretch. So I don't see why he's now coach of the year because, because he felt so much of a cushion, even with a second string quarterback, that they were allowed to have that gap and still finish as an eleven to five football team because the defense was still doing really good throughout the whole year. I mean, it bottomed so, out at the end, the very bitter, bitter end. So, so that's more impressive in your mind than a team that went from eight and eight three years in a row, not making the playoffs, worst defense in the history of their team, worst one of the worst defense, top three as far as worst in NFL history, wasn't even fit, wasn't predicted to finish in. They were uh, predicted to finish third in their division, and that team goes wins the division, gets the three seed. Wins a playoff game, you're saying that that's not as impressive as what Arizona did this year? I'm not saying it's not as impressive, but I think that it's relative to what happened. Because in December, they went 4 0 also. Let's not forget about that. They're talking about the same team that always goes 1 3 or 0 4 come December time. The team went 4 0 down the stretch where it matters most. Let's not, let's not lose sight of that, too. Yeah, I, I just. I, I mean, yeah, I'm a homer, but I also am a realist. I'm giving facts as to why, to me, it was a no-brainer that Jason Garrett um, should have been the coach of the year. I, I just, I mean, if someone had said Pete Carroll, I would have went okay with that because how hard is it to come back and, you know, get a number one seed the next year after winning the Super Bowl? They started three and three, and then they were six and four, and then you know, um, they they you know what? Six and four, and won their last six games, and you know, won nine out of their last ten games. And if somebody had said Pete Carroll, I would have been okay with that because that that's a great feat. And they had a lot of injuries early in the year that they had to overcome, and got healthy, and you know, were able to get back to a number one seed. So I, I could I could make that argument over Bruce Arians. I just I I don't see it. I don't see it at all. I think um, I, I I don't even think he's in the discussion. To be perfectly honest with you, I don't think coming from ten and six last year to eleven and five this year, and then saying, "Well, he lost all his quarterbacks." Well, okay. Well, it wasn't just his quarterbacks. He lost his starting running back. He lost his starting middle linebacker before the season began. He lost his starting defensive tackle. He lost he lost defensive end. He lost Tyron Matthew for a number of games. Like it was just yeah, and and he lost a lot of his mashing it at times. And he lost four out of the last six way. games. <laughs> yeah, I'll put it to you this way. If your Steelers lost for 8-8 eight eight last season, would you uh, would you agree for him to get the Coach of the Year award over Tomlin if Tomlin, if the Steelers had a better record? We we finished 11-5 this season, and Tomlin wasn't in the discussion at all. And last year we finished 8-8. Eight eight, so No, I said if you finish with a better record. Better record. Not same record. Better record. I don't know. It kind of again, it depends on what happened throughout the, the season, the course of the season. Listen, I wouldn't argue Jason Garrett. I just don't think this is like a huge deal for for Bruce Arians to win it over me either. Like I could see the case for him, I could see the case for Garrett, and like T said, I could see a case for Carroll. I don't see Arians. I see Garrett. I see Carroll. Um, frankly, I you know I didn't think of this. Frankly, I will go there. I I, I at some point we had we had. Uh, Mike Tomlin coaching for his job on this show. We had Mike Com- Tomlin yeah. in trouble, and that turned around and went to a playoff run 
and a playoff Division berth. Title, yeah. Division title. I mean, you know, so to me, when you're looking at coach of the year and you're dealing with adversity, what was your response to the adversity? His response, Arians, was to lose four out of the last six and pretty much go from a lock and winning the division, a two-game lead over everyone in your division, to now going in as a wild card. That's how you responded to adversity, where Mike Tomlin rallied, rallied his team, got him in one division, went in the playoffs. Jason Garrett won the division, went in the playoffs. So, yeah. yeah, That's fair. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, let's see. Uh Coach of the Year. Um all right, we don't need to talk about that one. Um Defensive Rookie of the Year, Aaron Donald. Um I, I don't have any issue with that myself. Um anybody? No. Nope. My only issue is that we missed them we missed out on them in the draft. Okay? Because <laughs> got a chance to pick twice before we did. That's my only issue. I'm sitting here waiting. We had the very next pick at 14. You had already got yourself an, an offensive lineman, and then you go take what I thought was the best defensive lineman in that draft class and prove to be the best defensive lineman in that draft class. Yeah, that's my only issue. That doesn't matter? I guess not. <laughs> Hey, but you know what? We let you we let you get that off your chest. You feel better? Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> let's see. We've got defense. Oh, we did that one. Assistant coach of the year, Todd Bowles, Arizona Cardinals. Um, now, 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 this one, yeah. I'm okay with because he ran that defense, and that defense was consistent all year round. And so now, okay. I'm okay with this one. I, 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 I'm I okay. Could I make a case for Scott Linehan in Dallas? Sure. Sure I can. But I think what he did, what Bowles did, in my opinion, was very impressive. That defense was formidable all year round. All year round. Okay? And if they had a quarterback and a system, um, you know, who knows where they would have been. But in the meantime, that defense was tight. So, And thus, he's now the New York Jets head coach. So... Um, but anybody got an issue with Todd Bowles? No. Uh, let's see. High school coach of the year, we don't care. Congratulations. Um, let's see. Greatness on the Road Award, Tony Romo. I don't think anybody will have any problem with that. Dallas was 8-0 and um, on the road this year, the only undefeated road team in the NFL. I think that's a, that's a no-brainer. Uh, and awfully impressive. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, defensive player of the year. This is this this was this, <laughs> this. Anybody who doesn't believe this, um, yeah, JJ Watt. That's easy. Um, we'll talk about the Hall of Fame in a minute. Uh, fantasy player of the year of the year, Le'Veon Bell. I, I don't have an yeah. issue with that. Yeah, that's good pick. I don't have an issue with that. Um, Anybody have an issue with Le'Veon Bell? You have to deal with K-Star. Deacon Jones Award, Justin Houston. I believe he had 22 sacks, half a sack shy of uh, Strahan's record. 
I don't have an issue. Anybody have an issue with that? I don't have an issue with that. Um, yeah, he single-handedly kept kept the Chargers out of the playoffs. Yeah, we had that four sack game at the end of the year. That was crazy. This one is a very interesting one. The comeback player of the year. The three finalists were Rob Gronkowski, Jeremy Macklin, and Rolando McClain. And Gronkowski won it. Um, my thoughts, and then you guys can jump in. I, I don't have a problem with Gronkowski winning it. I, I don't. Um, he he certainly was a significant part of, of the success in New England. Um, you know, but there there has to be – I mean – Injury, coming back from injury, hey, we've all been injured. We've all been hurt. My brother over there is, you know, he's he's a walking mash unit. He's had a lot of injuries in his life and, you know, can relate to some of these things these guys go through. Um, but, you know, I, I almost wish Rolando McLean had won it because he would – and hear me out for a minute. Do I think he deserved it over Gronkowski? No. But would it have made – would it have really been a nice look for the NFL to recognize this guy who came into the league as a first-round draft pick, a lot of expectations, tanked, quit football more than once, you know, fell into depression, and then pretty much comes back off his couch, comes into the Cowboys, coached up by Marinelli, and becomes like a top – one of the top middle linebackers in the game. And and clearly now is back in the game, and hopefully Dallas can keep him. Um, but not sure if we can afford him. But I mean, to me, that's what coming back is all about. There is that I hurt myself and I rehabilitated and I came back and I can still play. I'm not doubting that. Macklin did it. He had a great year. Gronkowski did it. But man, when a guy is just, you know, goes through these things as a young man, leaves leaves the game, and then can come back and then play at that much. And, and let me tell you. He's as much of a reason as that defense being successful this year as anybody. And and all credit to Marinelli for what he did coaching this kid. I mean, and he does want to come back and play for Marinelli, thank God. But I just wish for that reason that he had got it. I think it just would have been nice for the NFL to really – he got nominated, and that's great, but I wish he had won it, man. I just think – I actually feel like he should have won. I mean, I was kind of surprised that Gronkowski won. I was surprised that he was a candidate because – to me, it was like, well, we all knew Gronkowski was great. He didn't really go anywhere. He played last season, and when he played, he was terrific. I mean, yeah, he suffered a season in the injury, but at least with Macklin, at least with McLean. I mean, Macklin got hurt before the season even began in training camp. So he was just completely out of sight, out of mind. And same thing with McLean. I think that they were both better options than Gronkowski. Yeah, and, 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 you know, the other thing I'll just say is, you know, you hear about Brady, and he doesn't have any weapons, he doesn't have any weapons, but, you know, Brady has had some pretty good players over the years now. He's had Gronkowski. He's had Aaron Hernandez. He's had Deion Branch. He's had, you know, uh, Wes Welker. He's had Randy Moss for one year, but he had Randy Moss, you know. Uh, you know, he, he, let, let's let's not act like Brady hasn't had some pretty good weapons back there as well, you know. And and, um, and this guy, you know, he, he comes and, 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 I mean, you know, next to beast mode, He's beast mode number two on that field, you know. He's a big boy, and he's tough to bring down. He's tough to cover, you know. So, but, I don't know. I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay with the pick. I just personally would have want um, my man McLean to win. So, all right. So speaking, of, speaking of beast mode, man, did y'all, I mean, uh, one of my friends, they sent me a clip last night with uh, with uh, beast mode and, and Grunk on, on Conan. Funny as hell, wasn't it? Funny show. Funny as hell. You saw that? 
Oh, my. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Funny as stuff. Hilarious. Wow. Yeah, yeah funny as stuff. If y'all haven't seen it, I can, uh, I, I can text it to you guys, but I'm telling you, it's worth it. Laugh of the night yeah. for you if you haven't seen it. Just yeah, send that my way. I'd love to see it. Oh, yeah. It's, it's funny as hell. Yeah, it's worth. It's definitely worth a look-see. Check it out. It's, it's funny as hell. Um, all right. Uh, Walter Player, NFL Man of the Year. Um, Thomas Davis, I mean, you know, based on their pick, um, seems fine. Really no reason to get into that. Um, Bridgestone Performance Player of the Year, and that is Beckham's um, catching against Dallas and yeah, I, I don't. Th- I don't think. I mean, obviously, this is regular season. So if this was, if if this was the end, if this included every game, I gotta tell you, between Beckham's catch and that catch, was his name made in the Super Bowl? That, that catch that went, you know. And I'm watching the play, and I'm sitting there like, that's a catch. That ball never hit the ground. <laughs> you know, um, that concentration as that ball was batted around. Uh, you know, the one to catch the. That was so silly. What's that? So that play was so silly, though, man. Like it was just crazy how that how it played out. Like with good yeah. bouncing around everywhere. Yeah, but it was I mean, a great play by uh, Butler to tip it up. Like the way he did, he covered it perfectly. It was just I couldn't he believe covered he covered it. But, but that, and that's the problem. That's why I would say I would count that. I would put that in the same category because Butler made the right play. But homeboy, I don't even know if it was Curse or who it was. But yeah, it was uh, it was Curse. It was Curse. He he never left. He didn't lose sight of the ball. And he ended up making the catch. I mean, it, it just, it, you know, so. Um, so anyway, but, yeah, Beckham's catch. I mean, it was against my team, and it was an amazing catch. Um, FedEx, ground players, Aaron ground players of the year, uh, Aaron Rodgers for the Packers, Le'Veon Bell for the Steelers. Um, you know, I, I can certainly make an argument for Romo and Murray in both of those positions, but I, I, I really, I, it's an argument. It's not a slam dunk, I think. Um Rogers, you know, obviously had a great year, and and so did Bell. I mean, when you when you throw in Bell's receiving yards um, out of the backfield, but the problem is you're calling it Aaron ground, and so he, if, if yeah, actually I have a problem with it. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I, I you know what I'm talking myself out of it because if it's the ground player of the year, then Murray should have won hands down. The, I, I would, the, Murray and, and Bell should switch awards, honestly. <laughs> Oh, you're saying, well, but see, Murray, but Murray still had more total yards than Bell in the regular season. Yeah, by about 20, and Bell got hurt. But, I mean, let's get more volume of work. But, I mean, if you do offensive player of the year, it makes more sense for Bell than ground because Bell, yeah, offensive player of the year, which is the more dynamic offensive threat, whereas Bell or Murray was certainly the superior player on the ground. So I feel like they should just kind of trade awards, yeah. but whatever. How many touchdowns did Bell have for the year? Uh, I believe 50. I got to look at it. At least around 15, right. count as receiving. Right. Yeah, interesting. All right. All right. Uh, and last but not least, um, MVP. We've kind of talked about it at length, and I think we all agreed that Aaron Rodgers was going to win. I made my case for Tony Romo. Um, I still feel that – I still feel the way I feel, but I knew that Aaron Rodgers was going to win. I think we all knew that Aaron Rodgers was going to win. And um, I'm glad that Romo – I'm really glad – that the Cowboys got a lot of notoriety for the things they did this year. I'm glad that, you know, so many Pro Bowls, more Pro Bowlers than anybody, more All-Pros than anybody. Um, you know, I, I'm glad that even though the season didn't end the way we wanted to, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased that 
people take took notice of what the Cowboys did this year. So, um, all right, that's that's all the awards that we have. And uh, let's see. Uh, last topic of the night. So, um, all right, maybe. Well, it will be the last topic, but I think Mr. Saint is back. So, let me go ahead and grab him. Uh, are you back, Mr. Saint? Man, I'm back. I'm back in the building, man. And I want to tell y'all, I love, I love you guys. Love the show, man. I'm sorry I ain't been able to tune in every Tuesday. I just, man, something came up every Tuesday for the last 19 weeks. But I've caught the archives of, of some of them, and uh, y'all have a great show, man. Y'all do it big. Y'all do it great every week, man. I just appreciate Thank you guys you. being faithful to the show. Thank you. We appreciate uh, I got, your loyalty. I, I got a question. I don't know if y'all hit on it already, but um, I've been hearing a lot about this, and I got some personal opinions. Uh, do y'all feel like Tom Brady is a is a part of a system quarterback, and that's the way. That's the reason why he's so uh, successful. Uh, I like that. I hate that term because you can argue the same thing for Joe Montana in the West Coast offense. So I mean, that's silly. I, I hate that term. Except, except I hate the term West, system quarterback. Except, except the West Coast office was designed for Joe Montana. That's the difference. That's right, but every system is tailored, and it should be to the player's strength. Not tailored. Not tailored. That system was designed for Joe Montana, not tailored. Whatever. It doesn't matter. The point is that system was put in place either for or because of. It's like the triangle offense in, in, in Chicago was made for Michael yeah. Jordan, and they've implemented exactly. it in other places. But that offense was created for Michael Jordan because of his talents, his unique talents. And that's why he, you couldn't guard him. You couldn't deal with him. That offense that Bill Walsh created that's been used for many, many years by many, many teams was originated and created for Joe Montana because of Joe Montana's special abilities. There's right. a difference in taking a system and sticking a quarterback in it and, and taking a quarterback and creating a system for him, and that's the difference. So let's 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 be clear. Uh, yeah, and Steve, so what's the Tom Brady system then? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what the Tom Brady system is because it wasn't my question. I'm just saying you went to Joe Montana. I'm just clarifying to you that there's a big difference. That's all I'm saying. Don't be disrespectful to Joe Montana. Now, I'm, I'm not disrespecting him at all. I'm simply I, saying that. And that you could. Okay, I don't. I let you talk about Brady being better. I let you get away with that. Now you're going to say he played in the system? Get the hell out of here with that mess. All right. Um, hey, hey, Jay, are you there, Jay? No, Jay of course. I know yep. you like this one. Blow it out your ass. All right, there we go. All right. All right. Um, to get back to the question, um, with, with, I, I don't think so. I think Brady's talent is exceptional. I, I don't think – I mean, yes, we know that Matt Castle went in there for one year when Brady uh, tore his leg up, his knee, whatever he did, and Castle was 11-5. and five. Um, And we know that Castle left and went to Kansas City and really never had much success after leaving the, the, the Patriots. Um, but I, I just think when you look at – the fourth quarter comebacks. When you look at 
you know, um, the, the, the accuracy and, the, and, and, and what this guy can do. That's not a system. That's talent. You know, when you look at his, you know, the things he does in the pocket, he's not an agile quarterback. He can do, take that step up, step back, step to the side, and buy an extra second and get rid of that ball. He's not Aaron Rodgers or Tony Romo or Drew Brees, these guys that are mobile back there. He's more like a Peyton Manning, but he does a good job at not getting sacked. Um, when you look at his command of the game, I just I can't I can't do that to Tom Brady and say that he's a system quarterback. I just can't. So I don't see that. Any of you guys yeah. disagree? So disrespectful. <laughs> the way he climbs that pocket is so awesome. Like he's just so good at it. The way he manipulates that pocket. You're right. He's not athletic at all. But the way he just moves around it is just it's beautiful. What I was he going to say. Go ahead, go ahead. What I was going to say, T, go ahead, Trey. No, all I was going to say is that regardless of the system, um, just echoing T, he still played the quarterback uh, position at a higher level, regardless of who was placed around him. And I definitely agree with T. You can stop saying he didn't have weapons. He had weapons. He knew how to use the players that he had. And that's what you do in football. You don't cry about what you don't have. You learn how to use what you have and make what you have dangerous enough that teams have to respect it. Who the hell is Julian Ellen? Exactly. Oh, this is for train right here. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? There's a there's a soundbite out there that, that I hear on another show that I want to get, and it goes, preach, 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 preach. And if I had it, I'd play that for you, <laughs> You were right on point. You were right on point. Um, Saint, go ahead. You you you, you were going to say something. Yeah, what I was going to say is, um, to, to piggyback on the, the castle, because that's the argument everybody's using when Madcaps came in and he won 11 games. But do we not forget about a man named Dante Culpepper? Randy Moss will make people look good, man. I mean, he he made folks <laughs> look his whole good. Career. And and when Dante Culpepper lost Randy Moss, he was one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> so we trying to we trying to make it like it was just the system. And, and granted, the system probably had something to do with it. But when you got Moss playing at a high level, he's going to make any quarterback look good. He made Jeff George look good for one season. <laughs> he's yeah, a yeah. beast really at the top of his game. He's the beer, probably the best I've seen at the top of his game. He's a beast. Yeah, he is. And so I don't like when people don't give Tom. I don't even like Tom Brady that much, but he's earned my respect. He's gained my I can't respect. Stand yeah. I can't stand the man. But but I but but my personal hatred towards the Patriots doesn't mean that I don't respect what they have accomplished. And I I respect Tom Brady as in in my opinion, right now, the second greatest quarterback to ever play this game. Right now, in my book, um, I I can't go beyond. I can't go lower than two. I can't. I mean, I think there are guys like Terry Bradshaw who's never in this conversation who should be. You know, Terry Bradshaw was an incredible quarterback, but that was an era in the '70s where you didn't throw for four thousand yards. You know, that wasn't how the game was played back then. So you know. Uh, Roger Starback was another incredible quarterback, you know, but they were they were in different eras. So because they weren't throwing for, you know, 
uh, 40 touchdowns and 4,000 yards, people don't give them the same credit. Um, but that said, what Brady has done, the consistency is, you know, it, it, you know, and, and I got to tell you, if, if I'm Peyton Manning, it's kind of like when you ask, when you talk to um, <laughs> Charles Barkley or Patrick Ewing or some of these guys, John Stockton and Carl Malone or some of these guys that don't have rings, and the reason they don't have rings is because of Michael Jordan. They played at the wrong time because they couldn't get past Michael Jordan, right? And, you know, you look at Peyton Manning, he lucky to get that one ring. <laughs> he lucky he got that. He lucky he had a chance to, to get two because he played in an era in the same conference as a guy that, in my opinion, you know, okay, regular season, it's hard to go against Peyton Manning, but in the playoffs, I mean, Tom Brady's on another level. He's on another level in the playoffs. So, what else you got, Saint? Man, that's it, man. Uh, as a few times in the season, I wanted to call and congratulate you, uh, and I missed out. Uh, I wanted to congratulate you on a big win to, uh, over the Seahawks. Then I wanted to bash you a couple of weeks ago when they lost to uh, <laughs> when they lost to uh, 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 Green Bay. You know, I didn't catch. think it was a catch, but it was a catch. overall, it was a great season. Man, it was a heck okay. of a season, man. And uh, tipping the hat to the show, y'all do a great job, man. Thanks for letting me on. Hey, did you catch the archive from last week with Eric Clemens? Yeah, I did. I caught most of it. Great okay. show, man. Great interview, okay, good. man. Yeah, great. yeah. Well, Eric, 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 and you know, I meant to do that at the beginning of the show, and I should have. But um, um, Eric was a great guest, and I mean, he was—I I, I can't even words don't describe my admiration and respect for that man. I mean, you know, he—I'll tell the story in a second. But anyway, Saint, thank you. We appreciate your loyalty, brother. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right, take care. You know. Um, I tell this little story, and uh, then we'll get out of here. But Jay, Jay will remember. Jay and I used to play boys' club basketball at um, at uh, over here in Bristol. The boys' club used to play every Sunday, and there was a dude. He ended up passing away, um, but Lonnie Brooks, and uh, Lonnie Brooks was one of the one of the best ball players to come out of Bristol. And um, you know, my brother Jay over there ain't no slouch on the rock. And, and frankly, neither am I. Now I'm uh, playing with guys a little bit younger than me. So, but you know, we can, we can hold our own. Um, but Lonnie, Lonnie Brooks was so good. You just, you, you, you just felt like you, even if you thought you could play the game, once you played against him, you just didn't feel like you knew how to play the game. He was just that good. And, and, and he half the time wasn't even really trying. He was just that good. Okay. Um, in, in my estimation, I, again, my brother, my brother could pretty much hold his own as well. Not not comparing, but I'm just saying the guy was just that good, right? And the reason I tell that story is because as good of a job as I think we do here on the Madden Voice, and as hard as we work to put on a quality show, Eric just made me realize we got a long way to go. Man, the guy was just so smooth, so polished, in such command that we've got to thrive to get to the level that he's at. And, and I want to thank him for showing us that in a way that was not in, that was in a positive way. And, and so that's what I my takeaway was. Wow, I want I want to be like him. <laughs> I want our show to be as smooth as, as he was. You know what I mean? I, I, that's that's what that's what we're gonna thrive for. So once again, thank you for Eric Clemens for coming on the show. It was just, and, and incredible, incredible. Um, last topic, then we're out of here. Um, Patriots legacy. Now that now that. They've won a fourth Super Bowl. Um, 
you know, is this team under Belichick a legitimate dynasty? Can we call them a dynasty with six Super Bowl appearances under Belichick, four wins? Are they considered a dynasty or not? Who wants to take this one? Mm. No, I'll step up and grab this one first. Um, I guess under the true definition of a dynasty, and and quite frankly, I'm not even sure what that is. So I I guess my first question would be, what's the true true definition of a dynasty? I, I, I think it's another one of those. I don't know that there is a literal definition, so I think it's more of a feel. Do you feel that the Patriots are a dynasty? Well, based on feel, I would have to give it to them because of the longevity of success, the number of Super Bowls within this time frame that we've discussed, I think 2001 to 2014. that 13, 14 years, almost every other year you're in the Super Bowl. Uh, Same coach, same quarterback. Um, With that being said, I would have to give the nod to yes, it is a dynasty. Okay. Anybody else? Um, I would definitely say yes to being a dynasty. They've been a very successful team. They've only missed the playoffs once since the first time they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And that's when Tom Brady was, was, was injured. And even then, they had a winning record. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And besides the Super Bowl win, just to continuously be a winning team, and continually be a threat to be in the AFC Championship almost every single year. That's why I say across the NFL, they stay competitive. Outside of that, even, you know, forget that we never really looked at their, you know, people in their division as being tough, but just outside of their division, AFL, they stay competitive. Even against NFC opponents, we know NFC is normally, man, we bring defense, still stay competitive. So, yeah. Okay. Okay, Star. Um, I think the organization, organization when the Belichick Brady era is a dynasty. I don't think the team necessarily is because the team is so different, you know, to what they were when they won their three Super Bowls. And frankly, as they are every other year, the team changes so much. But the consistent thing is Belichick, Brady, and Kraft. And I think that organizationally, yes, they are a dynasty. And to me, that qualifies based on on the era is still within those uh, parameters. Um, it, 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 and, and, and for my definition, no, not a dynasty. I, I don't think a dynasty goes 10 years between Super Bowl wins. Um, so for my definition, no. But I would concede that like, like the Yankees were under Steinbrenner, um, the Lakers under Auerbach, um, this is a winning organization with Kraft, Brady, and Belichick. They're 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 a winning organization. <clears throat> Excuse me, winning organization. I would say yes. They're in it every year. They're competitive every year. Um, I I just I I can't go dynasty with a ten year gap between Super Bowl wins. I I just think that's too long to then say they're a dynasty because you know you, you, there were there were other. You know, the Giants won two in that same time period. Um, Steelers won two. You know, Steelers won two in that time period. You know, so there were a lot of other teams stepping up and really doing a lot. Um, you know, so I can't go dynasty, but 
but I can say definitely like the Lake or uh, yeah, Lakers is another another you know, um, well, Lakers actually had a dynasty as well, but a winning organization. You know, there are just teams that just win, you know, and and you get into the right system of drafts, of free agency with the right head coach and the right um, owner or general manager, whatever, and as the players come and go – you do keep some consistency, but you still win. You still are competitive, and you know we 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 see that with them. Now it'll be interesting what happens when Brady retires. You know, now the Colts were lucky enough to go out and get another franchise quarterback with Andrew Luck, so you know they're lucky. Um, but that's you know I don't know that the Patriots will have that same luck. So it'll be interesting to see. But all right. Good stuff, guys. All right. Um, next week's show will be, at this point, I'm believing will be the season-ending show. I said this week, but upon further reflection, I think we need to have a show that's not really focused on the game because now there's no more games. We need to kind of talk free agency. We need to talk head coaching positions. You know, um, and, and it might be a little early to talk draft, but certainly free agency, uh, re-signing of players. You know, there's a lot of talk. Every team has a few. Dallas, of course, it's DeMarco Murray and Des Bryant, and you know, there's 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 a lot of discussion. So I think we need to really take a look at the top free agents and really talk about what are their chances of staying with their team um, and where they might end up if they don't stay with their team what happens to adrian peterson there's rumblings about him coming to dallas or not you know ray rice will he be back in the league next year we just heard josh gordon getting suspended we can talk more about that um next week and and certainly um i didn't really want to talk about it i will just say best wishes to johnny Manzo. i don't really think there's much to talk about there just wish him wish him the best and uh, unless something changes between now and next week everyone knows he went into rehab so you know what good luck to you wishing the best and just leave it at that but i just think there's a lot of nfl stuff we need to talk about now that's been going on that we really couldn't get to because we were talking playoffs super bowl now super bowl wrap up so we'll do that next week we'll conclude our 2014 season at that time and then talk about our off-season schedule um i'd i'd like to do more shows this off-season than normal um and if and and again, if it's it may not be all four of us, it might just be me doing some shows. Could be just me and another host. We'll 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 figure all that out. But we we want to continue to be relevant and and keep delivering NFL news. We don't want to go into too long of a hiatus. So we'll 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 talk more about that next week. And I I just got to think some of that through. So with that said, final thoughts, uh, K Star. Any final thoughts? Uh, just that we witnessed one of the greatest Super Bowls of all time. We saw what happens when two Titans run into each other at the end of the day, and that was certainly one to remember. And um, despite it being a controversial season, I think that was an absolute gift of a game and an absolute terrific finish to cap off the NFL season. And it's a reminder of why we love this game. Well said. Uh, JB? Yeah, K-Star, very well said. Um Definitely grateful and thankful that we did not have the same type of Super Bowl outcome as we did last year. So hats off to the Patriots, hats off to the Seahawks for a phenomenal and and definitely memorable game. Uh, Looking forward to more to come. All right. Dr. Train. Man, pretty much ditto 
everything that was just said, man. So, looking forward to talking some more non-game stuff next week. So that's something that's pretty interesting. And I also have a have an article I'm going to send to you guys that I, I don't know if you read uh, about Josh Gordon uh, that may be useful next week. Thanks, guys. I'm going to wrap up. Um, I'm muting you three. Appreciate it. Um, well, you know, next week will be the last um, official show of the season. Um, and then we'll get into our off-season schedule. But first and foremost, I want to thank my three co-hosts, um, my brother JB, who's the, the the newest addition to the team, but it's fit right in, um, K-Star, who's on his uh, either second or third go around as a co- as a host on this show, uh, he he's been a host previously, and you know, and now he's back. So at least at least two times, maybe three. Um, and uh, of course, Doctor Train, who we actually used to talk, you know, uh, football all the time, and decided, why don't you just bring it on to the show? And it's actually been a, a, a huge success. So I want to thank those three for everything they do for the Madden Voice. And uh, I, I couldn't do this without them. You know, it just wouldn't be the same show. So I want to thank them. I, I also, one more time, want to just thank Eric Clemens for last week. And um, and uh, we will bring him back again. And, and it was great. And, and lastly, <clears throat> I want to thank all of you. Um, whether there's five people or 500,000 people listening, we don't care. I mean, we care, but we don't care. It's not going to affect the quality of the show that we do. And for all of you out there, it's more than five, but for all of you out there that are listening, we thank you. Um, I only ask if you enjoy the show, tell somebody. If you don't, tell me why, and we'll try to make it better. So I I truly appreciate um, everybody's uh, loyalty as we continue to do the Madden Voice. So uh, for Dr. Train, for K-Star, and for JB, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week talk some non-football stuff and remember the only time i get to say this all year uh on the madden voice we always say all feuds are settled on the field right well guess what this year's feud uh, uh feud has been settled congratulations to the new england patriots on being uh super bowl 49 champions you settled the fuel <laughs> i'll get it right guys you settled the feud and you won congratulations We'll see everybody next week.